Welcome to Mouse Geek Radio, where your hosts from two coasts, Mallory and Scott, embrace their inner mouse geekdom with you. to episode 12 of Mouse Geek Radio for the week of November 6th, 2017. I'm your host, Scott Barrett, here with my co-host, back from a trip, Mallory O'Brien. How are you, Mallory? I'm doing well. I had a happy Halloween. How about your family? It was a wonderful Halloween. It was one of the most beautiful Halloweens, weather-wise and just in general, that I can remember in a long time. I enjoyed your pumpkin carving snaps. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we we try we try to keep it fun. We either put on Halloween music, and this year we put on uh, Disney villains cartoon, which is which is always yes. fun. Yeah, uh, I saw. I was like, look at that nerd Halloween. That's my kind of Halloween right there. <laughs> it was a good time. It was a real it good. It was. We we did low key as well. I'm not. I'm pretty much low key in all aspects of life, and uh, we just did chili and hot dogs and trick-or-treat and you know stuffed our face with candy and chilled out awesome it's a great way to do it especially when you got the little one well uh this episode is going to be fun it's going to be a a two-parter we're going to do a little mini trip report you just got back from walt disney world which i'm excited to hear about because you did a few things that were i guess a little bit different or unique to to this trip that you haven't done before and uh, secondly we're going to talk about uh, how we like to get around the disney parks so i'm going to let you start off with your trip how was it the trip was fabulous. Uh, as you alluded to, I did some some new things and some things a little bit differently this time than maybe I have in the past. And I'll just sort of touch on some of the things that are maybe new to me and um, I guess share my opinions or advice or whatever anybody cares about. <laughs> um, first of all, we stayed off site this time. We don't typically do that. We are an on-site type of family but we went with a larger group this time and because we have annual passes and we were about to roll off the annual pass train we decided to rent a vacation home we thought hey might as well give it a go and it was really nice i there are some things that i definitely missed about staying on site but I really loved the amount of space we had. <laughs> Everybody had their own like suite. We had our own room and bathroom. We had a, a pool and a hot tub and a nice big kitchen and washer and dryer. And that was really nice uh, for the cost, especially. Splitting that cost among the people in the group is just very different (laughs) much more economical than trying to split any sort of villa if you're staying at Walt Disney World on property Um, that was a big money saver and the reason why I mentioned annual passes is because of the parking that's included when you uh, have annual passes if you're you know you're factoring in $20 per car per day to park on property if you're staying off-site it can sometimes be a little bit more appealing to stay on property sure Um, that adds up but, uh, yeah. Was there, was there anything you missed, you know, oh, yeah. being on, on property? Uh, one thing that's a pain is the Fast Pass Plus uh, situation. 
when you're staying on property, of course, you get 60 days in advance plus the length of your stay up to 10 days to make all of your fast pass pluses on that single morning. Uh, when you're staying off property, you get 30 days and it's 30 days to the date. So every morning for an entire week, I had to wake up early to make fast passes for our group. So I definitely missed that. And, and the transportation was a little bit difficult. When you're with a larger group, it's nice to be able to split up and people kind of do their own thing if you want to hop among the parks. But when we would drive in the same vehicle to the first park of the day, in order for you to get back to the vacation home, they would either have to come come in the same van that you that you arrived in or take Uber or some or some sort of other transportation because there was no like bus system or ferry or monorail to get back to where you're staying. So that was that's a little bit of a pain. But for the amount of space and the amount of money we saved, it was very nice. And for a large group like that or a family with a lot of youngsters where you really need separate living spaces or you have maybe a multi-generational family that's that's traveling and, and you know some people might not want to go to the parks every day. They'd like to just chill out at the vacation home. It's a good option, I think. Yeah, I've never done that myself, but I've never gone with a big group either, so I don't have any familiarity with it. But, I mean, it sounds like... I mean, it sounds like a great deal, especially the saving the money thing. That's like a big deal for, for me right now. So, you know. Oh, I know. When you're paying, like we, I mean, we paid for that hotel as much as we would have paid to stay at like Pop Century. And we had five bedrooms and five baths. I mean, that's insane. That's it nuts. hurts my heart to want to, you know, when you're thinking of booking at a value resort. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I can have this much space <laughs> for that much less. It's you're like, mansion. okay, I know. I, we were like it was like we were in a mansion for less than we would spend at some of the other resorts um, but you know you don't have the Disney magic as much uh, you don't you don't get Stacy <laughs> when you turn on your TV there um, you're not on property you're not in it a hundred percent of the time so um, I would I would not recommend that for like a first-time guest especially if you're a first-time guest I would say on property 100 percent go for it once you're more familiar, or especially if you have an annual pass and you're visiting often, I can totally say, yeah, vacation home could be a great option for you. But, um, you know, those one, those once-in-a-lifetimers, once every few years, I still highly recommend staying on property. Yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> I yeah. just I love being on property. So it's interesting to see or to hear your take on it, though. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it was a successful trip. I mean, that part of it was successful. Um, did you yeah. guys do anything... You know, thinking about the parks now, did you guys do anything unique you haven't done before? Did you eat anywhere different or, uh, you know, do oh, anything yeah. different? We did lots of new things. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I try to make it a point to try new things every time we go. Um, some new things that I noticed that I didn't necessarily try, but I noticed is the, and the, it might have already been this way when you were there, the security, the bag check for Magic Kingdom has been pushed to the outskirts, basically. So it's now at the within the monorail resorts and within the transportation ticket center and instead of in front of the gates. Did you experience that? Uh, no, actually, it was it was in front of the gates uh, when I was there. But right after you got on the bu off the bus, right? Uh, yeah. So it was right after we got off the bus or 
the boat, if you will. And yeah, the, the, the security was right there. Uh, it, we went okay, through it pretty it. fast. I don't remember it being a big issue for us. Okay. So yeah, I think it's probably the same then. The way it was initially is there was one bag check right in front of the turnstiles. They're, they're not turnstiles anymore. They're, you know, touch points. And now there's a separate security entrance for every form of transportation. So yeah. there's one for buses, one for boats, one for people walking from the contemporary, one for someone getting on the monorail in the contemporary, one for someone getting on the monorail at the Poly, at the monorail in the Grand Floridian. There's um, there's one at the transportation and ticket center. So that when you get off your form of transportation, um, if it's the monorail in particular, you walk directly from the monorail into the turnstile area. It's so it's so fast. I love yeah. that. Major that efficiency. There is gone. Yeah, yes. that, and that's maybe why I don't remember it that much is because we got through it so fast. Uh, it was kind of an afterthought, you know? Right, because there's a dedicated one there for the bus system now. And then for all the resort launches and the ferry boat, there's a dedicated security checkpoint there. And then, of course, they have the airport-style um, metal detectors everywhere. And I just loved how fast everything was because it wasn't like a single influx of all the guests at once. They were able to stagger it out all around all the other entryways. And I really loved that. I thought that was yeah. a huge improvement. That's nice. I wish Disneyland could figure it out. Their security entry points are a mess. Yeah, but it is better than it was. I it is like, better. But yeah. I, the last time I was there, you know, even I see pictures now, people tweeting out occasionally on the mornings. It's just, you know, you're looking at 30 to 60 minutes just to get through security. Yeah, that is a pain. Um, go all the way to the left. That's always yeah. over there. <laughs> go to the left. Always go to the left. <laughs> um. Let's see, what did I try that was new? Well, it's not new. Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. We did that again. I just oh, love it. I love a, I love a holiday party. And I'm probably one of the few people who actually likes the Christmas party better than the Halloween party. <laughs> I know, I'm weird. I think maybe I just like Christmas time a lot. So I just like that vibe sure. better. But um, something that was new to me there is we went to trick-or-treat inside Mickey's PhilharMagic, and they were playing the... Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad in the PhilharMagic Theater, and oh, I freaked. That's awesome. I was so excited. I love that stupid movie, and I was like, I could sit here and watch this if I wanted to, but I knew it would be a waste of time. But I was still just so pumped that I could just, I could just walk around that whole theater. It was totally empty, and I could just watch it. And I just thought that was so such a nice little touch. Um, the candy is still bomb there, just like it is at Disneyland. You know, they have good sponsors for the candy. So they don't give you, you know, the crappy cheap stuff. It's good name brand candy. <laughs> um, the parade is still amazing. And the fireworks are just meh for me. I I remember them being better than they were. I mean, we got a good spot too. We were right in the hub. You could see everything. They didn't have, I guess maybe I'm spoiled from the new projection, uh, you know, mapping type shows. Because that was like not even there. They didn't have any of that on the castle. There was a couple of projections a couple of little effects and the coolest part was definitely the end when the fireworks do the 180 degree um deal around the hub that was cool but uh parade is just way better than the fireworks the parade is awesome i love it i love halloween time at walt disney world except um that unfortunately means it is food and wine time which i love the idea of food and wine festival but i hate the crowds I hate them can't stand them um, that is just a little bit annoying to me. Have you ever been there during food and wine? 
Nope. I've only done it once in DCA where they have their own sort of version of it, but uh, never in Disney World. So, I mean, you just, you know this when it's food and wine time. In the evenings, and especially the evenings on the weekends, it's just a madhouse. World Showcase is just completely packed. It's hard to even walk around the promenade. Yikes. And there's a lot of locals, which is fine, but a lot of young college kids that are just there to drink. And I'm like, how do you poor college kids afford all these $9 cocktails? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I could have never afforded that. <laughs> um, but it's just, it gets rowdy and it's just, uh, it's a lot of people. It's just a lot of crowds and I'm just not a fan of crowds. And uh, during the day when it's not crowded, food and wine is, is fun. I really enjoy it. I'm like, okay, now we get to kind of sample things and I can breathe. But then in the evenings, I'm like, get me out of here. I'm getting claustrophobic. This is too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. The claustrophobia would get me. And then, you know, and then if you got the little one with you or little ones with you, it gets tough, especially when there's just huge crowds like that. And, you know, they are getting rowdy. They're drinking and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, those are some times where I want to yell little ears at people. Because <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. there gets to be some belligerent people in the evening. So uh, I, I mean, I mention it to my clients all the time. If they're traveling during food and wine with little ones, I'm like, uh, just FYI, it's going to get loud. It's going to get crowded, especially in the evenings at Epcot on the uh, on the weekends. So just letting you know, you might want to avoid that because I don't want you to get upset about it. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I yeah I I love Halloween time but that just kind of puts a little damper on it but I just love plain old Epcot I I guess that's the purest in me I love when Epcot is in its in its regular state and I can just hang out in World Showcase in the evening and not have to fight the crowds for sure so did you guys hit all the all of the parks on this trip all the parks gotta hit them all um that's Hollywood Studios that was a sad park to visit <laughs> it is it's like so depressing it's like a it feels like a, a shell of its former self it's like a fake park at the moment but i still love it in my heart and i am hopeful and i know it's going to be awesome in just a few short years and um it's going to make i think it's going to dwarf pandora when uh galaxy's edge finally opens we saw phantasmic there which i hadn't seen it there in years and of course it's i mean it's nothing like the disneyland version i still love phantasmic i think it's a great show i love that you get a seat that's awesome uh you get to chill out there and then they've got all kinds of snack stands and stuff so you can have some snacks while you're chilling out waiting for the show to start and i love that amphitheater it just that that show needs updating it needs updating really bad <laughs> um but it's still good it's still holds its own especially to guests who haven't seen it before they i'm sure they would think it's really impressive sure um pandora i mean animal so that, this is what i've been waiting for this is this is the whole the whole night i've been waiting for this what what did oh you think oh my gosh so pandora's fabulous we all know this it's like the diagon alley is to universal orlando it's that detailed that's a good it's way to that put it grand in scale yeah and it's, uh, you know, you see all the pictures online and, you know, even when I look back at my pictures, I, it, it, I can't even imagine what it looked like when I was there because the scale is just gigantic. 
the floating mountains are just, you know, stories above you. It's not just like a forced perspective moment. It's just actually giant in there. Yeah, they're so and neat the way they pulled those off. Or what are they called? I don't I think somebody gets mad anytime you say floating mountains. What are they what are they supposed to be called? I forget. I have no I idea. <laughs> but they're based they're based off of real real uh real mountains in yeah. Asia, I believe, and I, I don't remember the name off the top of my head. Oh yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Those are really pretty too. Yeah, I don't know the proper terminology for that, but the uh, the mountainous type beings <laughs> <laughs> that are overhead with the water feature. That water feature is, oh, it's gorgeous. And I remember you saying it was really dark there at night, and oh my goodness, it really is. We couldn't see anything. Yeah. I wish they would kick it up a little bit because that was the first time we saw it was at night. And I was, I had no idea where I was. I was lost. I was clueless. And I was, and uh, there's just, there's not enough path lighting to see where you're going. You're running into people. So they might need to just like tweak that a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Flight of Passage. That was the first attraction we rode, you know, when we arrived. And I mean, it makes Soren look like Buzz Lightyear versus Toy Story Midway Mania. I mean, Oof. it's just, the technology is just so much better. Oh, it is. The, yeah, the video is just so crisp. And then, of course, the the ride vehicle that you're in is just uh, so much fun being on that, like, bicycle-type deal. And even the way that the attraction starts uh, with having your own sort of, like, viewer area that opens up. So it feels, you don't realize that you're in a tiered stadium seating type situation until you start looking around. I had no clue until the attraction started. I agree. I didn't know until the second time I wrote it. The first time I wrote it, I didn't even think about looking around. I was so immersed in the experience. Yet you don't realize how many people are actually writing this thing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it is exactly the same as Soren. Yes. Except instead of them lifting you up into the concave screen situation, you're you're walking upstairs to whatever tier, whatever level you're on, and then um, and then your door is just opening to reveal the screen. And so yeah, when when we're looking around, I was like, oh, there's people above us and below us. This is so cool. It's just like Soren. I had no idea. So the way they pulled that off, like secretly making you feel like you're, you have your own little spot is really cool. And uh, the storyline there is just kind of ridiculous. I mean, they really pushed that Jackie Ogden character a million times. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. All over the place. <laughs> I was like, why are they pushing this name so much? And finally, I started Googling it. And apparently that was like the vice president of animal relations in Animal Kingdom Park or something. Or for all of Walt Disney World, there was a, a woman named Jackie Ogden. And so that was supposed to be a nod to her. Uh, so I was like, oh, that's where they're throwing that name at me so much. But uh, they just kept hammering Jackie Ogden, Jackie Ogden. I was like, who's Jackie Ogden? <laughs> I had no they idea. kept making us dance at the camera. They were like, you, can you see me? Okay, can you wave your arms around? No, I need you to dance a little bit more. I was like... Guys, these holding areas are just a little bit too long. Let's just get on the ride. Let's do this. <laughs> I was like, they, they, yeah, the story there is just kind of funny. Maybe it'll make more sense when these sequels come out because uh, at the moment that that was funny. I cried on that. I think you saw. I sent you a snap that I wept on that as well. <laughs> well, yeah, I did too. I mean, you can't help it. It's such an experience. It's James Horner's fault. It's that musical yeah. score. <laughs> 
I I mean when the music crescendos I was like I mean just listening to that music it makes me want to cry but then when you're in that situation and um, the water and the air and the smells are all blowing on your face and um, everyone around you is just screaming and in awe and I'm just like oh, this is so cool <laughs> and uh, yeah it was amazing oh, I'm uh, so happy you I, liked it, it yeah, I loved it. It's worth like a, I'd say like a 90 minute wait. If I had to wait much longer than that, I'd be kind of annoyed. But if I'd say anybody that's going to Walt Disney World that's never ridden it, you know, show up first thing and be willing to wait 90 minutes because it's worth it for 90 yeah. minutes, I think. Oh, I agree. Uh, I'm not I'm not about the whole, you know, people that are willing to wait three and a half hours. Like, I, I got other things to do. But... <laughs> But I think 90 is solid. Like it's if solid. That's where, Absolutely. If that's what you mean. <laughs> it's, it's worth it. What did you think of the other ride, the uh, River Journey? Okay, so I actually loved it. Um, oh. But I didn't have to wait. If I would have had to wait for that, I would have been mad. Okay. Because it's so short. Um, and I think you mentioned that you it's kind of hard to figure out what the story is. I don't really think there's supposed to be as much of a story there. Um, and that's fine. I think it's just it's literally supposed to be just eye candy that you're just traveling through the um, this bioluminescent world and they're singing about the earth um, and that's it uh, and it's really pretty and my daughter thought it was cool my family members thought it was cool but had I waited you know more than you know 40 minutes I would have been really mad because it's approximately three minutes long it's super short <laughs> yeah we fast passed that one so i think we waited no more than like 15 minutes but uh, i agree completely i think if i have to wait longer be tough but it is beautiful and that animatronic at the end is absolutely spectacular it is creepy fluid <laughs> and i just feel like she's gonna she's gonna stand up any minute come get in our boat get that thing away from me she's huge and it's it's <laughs> like, huge that's the thing it, you say fluid which is a great word but it's huge giant it's like what the Yeti could have been. What it could have been. <laughs> um, oh, we also, we did Finding Nemo the musical. I hadn't done that in a while. I forgot Aww. how cute that is. I love that show. My, my family refused to watch it this time, and I was so upset. And it's only like 40 minutes long. It's not a huge, like, investment in your day. Because uh, it's not like the, the Hyperion, Frozen deal. That's, you know, you... You have to queue up a while. You sit there for a while, and then the show's over an hour long. I mean, that's like a two-hour deal. For Finding Nemo the Musical, I think you invest about 50 minutes of your day yeah. to watch that whole thing. And I think, you know, if you've never seen it before or if you're a huge Nemo fan, it's worth it. The actors are, are amazing on that one. Those are the – they get some of the best actors for that particular performance. And, uh, you know, they have to do the puppetry. They have to be able to sing well and they've got great dancers and then all the special effects are just awesome and um yeah i really like that theater too it's really nice and it held my three-year-old's attention for the entire 40 minutes i mean she was she was way into it so that's that huge. made me yeah that's huge she won't sit that still ever so <laughs> um, the fact that that she paid attention that long i i was really pleased and i forgot how cute that was and she'll probably want to go back and the, and the music's cute too it's really good Oh, and then finally, I got to talk about the food. That's yeah. what I'm waiting for. Bring on the food. <laughs> what did you eat? Uh, the new the new food or the new things that I did. Mobile ordering. Did you do that while you were there? No. Or were you on the dining plan? 
Uh, we weren't on the dining plane either. We just kind of found things and walked up and ate. We, I didn't. I'm not aware of a mobile ordering. What's that all about? Okay, so they have pre-ordering and they have mobile ordering. I, I think there's maybe only one restaurant that does the pre-order, and that is Be Our Guest. So you know, Be Our Guest requires a reservation. And they will allow you to order your food prior to um, visiting. So you would place your order on the app or I think I think you actually have to do that one on WaltDisneyWorld.com. They don't let you do it in the app. You you place your order. When you show up, you you pay at that time at the register and then you go sit down. So that, that way you're able to bypass the, the line of ordering your food. This is just for quick service, breakfast and lunch. Okay. Uh, for dinner, it is, uh, it's a table service location, so you would just be served by uh, your waiter. So for breakfast and lunch, this is how you bypass the standing in line to actually go to a kiosk to order your food. So it is a time saver. So I ended up doing that. Uh, that is separate from mobile ordering. Mobile ordering, the best way I can describe it is like the Chick-fil-A One app. I don't know if you have a Chick-fil-A close to you. I don't, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but uh, it's kind of the same concept in that you are in within the My Disney Experience app. You would select whichever restaurants are available for mobile ordering. You pick it. You uh, select all your items. You can make special requests. You can add things. You can delete things. And then you actually pay within the app with your credit card. But the food is not prepared until you show up oh, and you tell them, I'm here. Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't heard of that before. When you said mobile ordering, I was thinking of like Starbucks where you make your order, you show up, you grab it, you eat, you go. But it sounds a little different. It, yeah, you you actually wait to tell them to prepare your food when you show up to the restaurant. Um, or you can tell them before you actually get there, but that's to ensure that your food is fresh. And sure. also... You could do. You could order your food for lunch, you know, at 8 a.m. if you wanted to, and then you walk up to the restaurant and hit "I'm here" at 11 a.m. and then they would have it ready for you. You'll get a window of time that says um, you may pick up your food anytime between now and you know 9 p.m. or whatever. So that was really handy for us in multiple situations. Some issues is you you cannot do this on the dining plan currently, and you can't use any sort of discounts okay. if you're doing mobile ordering. And of course, this is only for quick service locations. But that was really handy for us when, uh, like at in Pandora at Satuli, we wanted to try that. The line was crazy long, so I went ahead and just ordered it on my phone, hit I'm here, and then picked it up way ahead of all the people who were standing in line. That's it was awesome. So nice. Oh, that's a great tip. I'm gonna use that next time I hit to the park. Satuli was excellent. Yeah, what did, uh, you, did you eat there? I did not. Did you have one of the burger pods? Okay, we we ordered some burger pods, and then I ordered a beef protein bowl. Okay. Um, the protein bowls way better than the burger pods. They used those bao buns to make the pods, yep. and so and it, my husband he was like, "This kind of tastes like manwich," and he <laughs> he was kind of right to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I thought they were pretty good, um, but the bao buns are a little bit sweet, almost like uh, like a Hawaiian roll. Okay. And I don't really want that sweet roll with a burger. I'd rather it be more savory. I sure. Think. Um, and then of course, you can't special order those burger pods. Um, you know that you get them as they come. Yeah. There's mustard and there's onions in them, so it's kind of tastes like a. 
White Castle or a Crystal or something uh -huh. with a sort of a sweet bun on the outside. But I, they were cool. We had to try them. They were fine. I probably I'm gonna go with the protein bowls from from then on <laughs> because they were excellent. Uh, we got a beef protein bowl with some creamy mushroom sauce and rice, and it was excellent. That's great. Also, they have good ice there, and they have free refills there. Nice. So that was awesome. <laughs> Sign me up for that. We also tried the Boathouse. Boathouse was good. It's a it's a steak and seafood place. Surprisingly, best thing at our table was a burger, though. My dad got a burger there, and he liked it so much, he came back the next day and got it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. We tried Art Smith's Homecoming, which they're just, you know, it's basically chicken, 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 whatever kind of chicken you want. Sure. Um, <laughs> So I was like, well, obviously I gotta get the the fried chicken. That's what they're famous for. It was very good, um, and they had these awesome whole deviled eggs as an app there. So it's kind of like a twist on southern food a little bit. It was excellent. Hummingbird cake for dessert, fabulous. I'm a big fan of that. That's a one credit dining experience. So. I, I am glad that it was good because I had been recommending it to other clients. Yeah. <laughs> they did say they like it, but I was like, I feel like I need to try this place too. And I, I feel good about about that one. <laughs> we tried 50s Primetime for the first time. Have you eaten oh, there? Oh, yes. We did that the first time we went to Disney World with the kids and we loved it. I have been so anti that place for a really long time because of the theming. I was afraid they were going to fuss at me throughout my whole meal and I didn't want to deal with that. Sure. I didn't want to hear them saying, you know, elbows off the table, finish your vegetables. I didn't want to hear all that. I just wanted to eat. And everybody there was so fun and so nice. And they did do that shtick a little bit, but it wasn't rude at all. It was, uh, they, they kind of poked at my husband a little bit. They said something like, you better get your elbows off the table. Are you not housebroken yet? And I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was cheese ball. And the guy who was the host, I died laughing at him because he, you know, he called our name and then he came up to me. He's like, you rascal, you, how you been doing? And I was just dying laughing at him. He, uh, he was great at that role, that character. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then of course the food was great. I mean, it was just like home style. It was basically like high quality cafeteria food, but, but I really liked it. And, um, uh, of course the atmosphere is what you're there for. Yeah. It's such and a great experience. It was really fun. Yeah. And, um, Another and the, the final thing that we tried that was new, we tried Nine Dragons in oh. the China Pavilion. I had never heard like very good things about it, but I was like, you know, I'm just gonna give it a go because maybe it'll be good. And it was awesome. <laughs> I was like, my husband and I both loved our meals. We were like, we would totally come back here again. Why does nobody eat here? It was easy to get a reservation there. It was like good quality Chinese takeout, basically. <laughs> um, but it was like really a good cuts of meat, fresh veggies, good steamed rice. They were so fast with their service. Our drinks never got you know halfway down, and we already had another beverage, and um, it was awesome. So I highly recommend Nine Dragons if you're into Chinese food at all. It's not it's not like super authentic. It's more like Chinese takeout, like I said. But it was awesome. Sure. Yeah, I've never eaten there, but I've I've heard a lot of people that I know have eaten there, and they say the same thing you have. It's you know you go in with you know, it's not super high-end Chinese food, but it's delicious and it's good enough service and it's a nice way to, yeah. you know, to eat, eat a meal. And it's not super expensive either. That was another good thing about it. It was like, a, it was in the lower range of price. Yeah. If you want to, you know, sit down and be served, have a nice cool spot. It's a beautiful dining room. It's a good place to eat, I think. Um, 
some things that I had, carrot cake cookie and school bread are still there and they're still the best. They're still just <laughs> kicking it. They're still both awesome. Carrot cake cookie is incredible. I mean, you cannot beat that thing. Um, and every single time I get it, I forget how good it is and it's still good. Um, and then altogether, Disney Springs just has the best food. Um, I probably because they're owned by other companies, but sure. <laughs> um, wow. they have the best bakeries, the best um, restaurants. It's just it's a beautiful place to visit. I know it's a strip mall, but it's a pretty strip mall. And uh, if you if you really want to go and have a good high quality meal for a fairly affordable price, Disney Springs is the way to do it. Um, yeah, and that was our trip. Yeah, it sounds good like time. it was a good trip. It was a lot of food, you know, per the use. That's great. And spent a lot of time in Animal Kingdom, which it's like, uh, it's kind of it was kind of a bummer that uh, it's like good and bad that with the uh, Pandora and Rivers of Light, it's made Animal Kingdom a full day park, which all the Animal Kingdom lovers are were like, it was a two day park before that. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Let's be honest. It was like, a hey, I'm an Animal Kingdom lover, but I never thought it was a two day park. Not at all. Right. So you're an Animal Kingdom lover slash realist, though. Yeah. yeah. It's a one-day park, and it's a good it's a good experience. Uh, I love that park. Yeah. Um, it's a full-day yeah. park now. Um, it's bummer that there are more crowds, but it's good because Pandora is so awesome. Sure. Uh, I, I'm excited about when the lines finally decrease a little bit for Flight of Passage, but that'll probably be in about, what, eight years when the technology is obsolete and it's time to <laughs> update it anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Because, um, I mean, think about, I mean, that's what happened with Soren. I mean, <laughs> they had consistently the longest line, same with Toy Story Mania, to the point where they're like, well, we better add a third track. And then and then now it's like the technology is almost obsolete on those <laughs> when their lines are finally getting more manageable. Um, but, yeah, I loved, I loved Pandora so much. I could just stay in there for days just staring at everything. And I don't even know what I'm looking at because I've totally forgotten all of what Avatar is, but literally sounded like Jurassic Park. It sounded like dinosaurs were walking around. They had crazy sounds and and you know, it sounded prehistoric in there. It was it did. Really cool. it's a whole different world and that's what I love about it. You don't have to have familiarity with the movie to actually enjoy that that portion of the park. No, you don't. But then, you know, now I think my some of my family members who haven't seen it before, they're kind of interested in maybe watching a little bit of it so they can kind of figure out well, what the heck did we just look at? What, what just happened? <laughs> sure. Why are there sure. things floating? Why does it sound like a weird creatures over here? Like what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's move into the second part of our uh, our episode here. How we uh, how we get around the parks? Uh, obviously, you were off site on this trip, so I'm assuming you rented a car. Well, we drove uh, to we're in East Tennessee, so we we drove the 10 hour drive down there. <laughs> so we had our own vehicles. That did was you nice. do did you do 10 hours straight, or did you guys make any stops? Oh, we had to make multiple stops because we have a little one. So yeah, that's why I ask. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if if it were my husband and I, like back in the day when it were my it was my husband and I, we would occasionally like pack lunches so that we would only have to stop to gas up once and we could uh -huh. get down there in nine hours. And now that we have a kiddo and we have to make some stops, it, it takes about ten and a half to get down there, which is not horrible. But it's still, it is a long day. It's a long day there. <laughs> oh, you drove there. So when you're there, what's your favorite mode of transportation to get around the parks? So if I'm staying on property, of course, monorail is my favorite, hands yeah. down. If I, if I can, 
if I can shake staying at a monorail resort, which uh, 99% of the time I can't uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I can't afford, you know, 700 bucks a night. Um, but uh, that's definitely, I mean, it's the coolest way to get around. It's, and it is an attraction at, at Disneyland Park because we all know monorails are awesome. They are. So, <laughs> no, they absolutely are. My kids, my especially my youngest, since she was a baby, she makes us ride it whether we're staying at a resort or not, whether it's Disneyland or even Disney World. Uh, it, it's an actual attraction that we must do. She cannot go to a park you, without doing it. I 100% agree with her, especially the Epcot monorail. I love that it circles over Future World around Spaceship Earth, and you get that really cool vantage point yeah. when you're pulling into Epcot there. I love that monorail ride there. Monorails rock. That's all I can say. I mean, monorails <laughs> rock. Um, What's your favorite mode of transportation? Are you are you on board with monorail being number one? For me, yeah, it is number one. If if I can take the monorail to get somewhere, and especially you know being a Disneyland family, uh, the monorail is big for us. If we stay at one of the resort hotels, we'll jump on the monorail. Or, you know, if we're in downtown Disney, we'll t we'll take the monorail into the park, even though it's you know like a ten minute walk. We'll just take it in anyway, just because we can. <laughs> you know. It's, I know. And that one looks really cool. It looks like the future that never was monorail there. Yeah, I love it. I, I love that monorail. Um, but, yeah. you know, aside from that, there really isn't anything I'm really, you know, I, I gotta, I love to do. We, you know, on the last trip we were on, we, we experienced, uh, because we were staying, you know, on property, we right there near Epcot, we basically, um, we walked, which is a great mode of transportation if you can do it. Straight uh, uh, mess. Right? It, it, there's nothing. I loved walking into uh, into Epcot through, uh, uh, what is it, the International Gateway. Uh, it's just, I don't know, walking over the bridge, and it's just a great experience. You're, you're just, you're there. You know, it's 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 pretty neat. Amen. Um, but we, we also, we took the... Uh, we took the boat over to Hollywood Studios, and that's that's always a fun little ferry trip. You know, it's it's different. It's not like you're getting into a a hot, packed, smelly bus or car that you have to worry about driving, or even you know, dare I say, the monorail. Sometimes the monorails can be uncomfortable as well, especially on super busy days where you've got a lot of people moving back and forth. They've got a lot of strollers, and say it's a hot, muggy day, those monorails can get uncomfortable. And so, you know, being on the boat. You have the opportunity to be outside, feel the breeze. It's a little bit different, maybe a little bit slower, um, different views for sure. Or if it's cold or rainy, you can go inside. So you kind of have the options there. I adore the friendship boats, especially going in between um, Epcot and Hollywood Studios or vice versa. Uh -huh. I love that ride. You have to be a little bit patient because they're not going to go fast and they're going to make multiple stops. That's a little bit frustrating there. Yeah. But... If, if you, you know, if you have 45 minutes, which you will regardless, I mean, it's going to take you that long, no matter what form of transportation you take, that is a really fun way to go in between those two parks. And especially if you want to just visit the boardwalk area, it's nice to um, maybe just hit the boardwalk in stop on those friendship boats, uh -huh. stop there, go up and down the boardwalk, get back on there, maybe go over and look at the Swalfin a little bit see what's going on over there i love <laughs> just visiting those resorts in that area yeah. i love the yacht and beach club that pier is gorgeous where you actually board the boat where the little lighthouse is i love it yeah we on our last trip that was the first time we had done that we stayed at uh uh beach club and 
that was the first thing we did. We, we dropped our bags and literally walked out to that dock. And it was a great experience to, to start the trip off with, you know, it's just sitting out there. It was a nice cool breeze, looking at the boardwalk, hearing the sounds and looking at the sights and, you know, even some of the smells and, and just waiting, you're right, waiting for the boat. And you're right though. It is, it does, it can take a while. I, I think I remember we sat there for maybe 15 or 20 minutes before the boat showed up and, you know, we had semi cranky kids, but Oh, yeah. Uh, I would be frustrated if I were boarding at a resort. I'm less frustrated when I'm going in between the two parks. Yeah. Because they, it seems like they come more often or something, or <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, I know that uh, I know that if I'm going in between those parks, I know the number of stops that it's going to take. Sure. But when I'm waiting for them to come and get me when I'm at one of those resorts and I can physically see it and I see that it's making multiple stops, I think that's why I get frustrated. <laughs> I'm like, I see it, it's there. Oh crap, it's gonna go over to the boardwalk before it comes to get us. I don't even wanna wait for that. Come on over here, just get me, let's go. You know? <laughs> we need our own private boats. I know, I guess, I'm, I don't know. I'm just psycho about all of the internal transportation. That's kind of why I love having a car in general. But then I also love the convenience of the internal transportation systems of the bus system and the, and the boats, which, I know we're talking about the friendship boats, but I truly love almost every boat type transportation within Walt Disney World. I adore the ferry boat between the transportation ticket center and Magic Kingdom. Yes. I know that it's kind of it's kind of lame because you're you're getting into the TTC and you're like monorail or boat. Well, duh, monorail. Monorail's awesome um, and it's fast. But like at the end of the day. Uh, when you're coming back to the transportation ticket center, if there's a ferry boat right there, just get on it. It's awesome. It's huge. It's pretty. You get such a cool view of um, the Seven Seas Lagoon. You can see all the resorts around there. There's a nice breeze. Nobody's on it at the end of the day. It's a great way to ride, I think. I agree. You know, we had never done the boat uh, even myself, because I've been there a few more to Disney World a few more times than the rest of my family. I've never done the ferry boat from the ticket center, the transportation center to Magic Kingdom. And we ended up doing it this time. We got to the, we got there and we was like monorail boat. We had that decision to make. And the monorail line was just huge. And we said, you know what? Forget it. Let's just go down to the boat. We've never done it. It'll be a fun little trip across the lagoon. And we did it and we loved it. We absolutely loved it. It was such a great oh, experience. I'm so glad. And it's such a unique experience. You know, we go to Disneyland all the time. You don't have that experience there. It's, you know, you, you, you bus in or you walk in typically and cross the, the dirty LA streets. And uh, oh, this was, there. <laughs> it is. Uh, but this was such a, a, a unique and nice experience. I, my kids still talk about it. They're like, yeah, that boat ride, that was like the best way to go to the park. Just, you see everything coming. You're, you're getting close to the park. You see, you know, the train station. You see all this stuff. And it was just, they loved yeah. it. They loved going by the cool. Polynesian and it was it was cool for them i know and then i felt i just feel super bad for anybody staying in those 25 three grand a night polynesian bungalows because those ferry boats literally park right next to them i mean yeah. they're honking their horns you can stand outside those 2500 dollars a night bungalows and wave at the people on the ferry and hear them honking every 15 minutes coming back and forth all day long <laughs> i would be infuriated if that's how much i was spending and that's what i had to look at all the time but <laughs> i was cracking up at that but yeah, I love that ferry boat. I love all the resort launches, especially like between Wilderness Lodge and Contemporary, and it goes over to Fort Wilderness as well. Those little tiny dinghies, basically, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. take you in between those. They're never very crowded, and um, and the the people who uh, captain those boats are so fun. 
they love they love their jobs. They seem they're like just they living do. the dream. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they're never super crowded. It's just so relaxing, and it's just such a pretty way to see all of the resorts that surround the Seven Seas Lagoon. I love it. It is. It is. I can tell you one mode of transportation I am not a fan of, and that is the bus system. I've been <laughs> bitten by the bus system so many times, whether it's buses not coming to the resort or not being able to get on a bus because of pushy people or being stuck on a bus with children who are tired and cranky and you can't really hold them or prop them up correctly because it's so crowded. It's just so many bad experiences with the bus system. Okay, here's the thing about the bus system is it's backwards with them. The From deluxe to value, you get better service with the bus system going in that direction. Deluxe's, deluxe resorts historically have terrible bus service. And moderates are a little bit better, but their internal bus systems are very frustrating. Mm -hmm. um, like if you're talking about Port Orleans Riverside and Fridge Quarter, Caribbean Beach, or even some of the standalone um, DVC resorts like Saratoga Springs and Old Key West that have the internal bus stops. So you, you see these buses that are going by that are full of people. At, to the place that you want to go, but they won't let you on it because the bus is full. Yeah. <laughs> that is incredibly frustrating. But then the values, that's where you get the best bus service. They have a single bus depot in the front of these resorts. You line up, you queue up, and there's a million people standing up there, but they just have one after the next. They're just loading them up, filling them up, and you're going to get there fast at the value resorts. Uh -huh. It's so backwards because you're spending, you know, the, the people who are spending the most amount of money to stay in the deluxe resorts are going to get the crappiest bus service well, because a, they're yeah. assuming you're going to use the alternate forms of transportation at the parks that you are staying close to. Yeah, see, and that's exactly that you hit the nail on the head. It's exactly the frustration we had the last trip we were there. Beach Club, we we kept seeing buses go by because it was get filled up at Yacht Club and they would never stop at our stop. And we waited there, literally we waited there an hour. And we just oh, said, screw so it, we're, we're out of there. We just decided to go to Epcot a little and head over to the monorail and, and, and pop over that way. But it's extremely frustrating, um, especially when you are paying, you know, a lot more dollars for to, to stay at those hotels you you almost you almost feel like you, you should get you know preferred treatment <laughs> and i don't, I, I don't i'm I not mean, looking for it handouts it really but, feels like you should though i mean you're treatment. spending that much money a night but i think i don't know maybe in disney's mind they're like okay they're spending this money for proximity to this park that's where sure. the money's going we're not gonna we're not gonna invest any more money on their bus transportation here we're just going to assume since you're staying at Beach Club, you're going to Epcot every day. So at least that's what I tell my clients a lot. Like if you're going to stay at one of these deluxe resorts, pick the one closest to the park that you're going to be at a lot because you're going to have some trouble with your buses unless you want to rent a car or have a car on site because I, I get incredibly frustrated. Like you're staying at Grand Floridian, but you can't get a dadgum bus to Animal Kingdom. Like you're just never going to get one, you know? No, that's <laughs> just, just it. Like, but but you can just pop on the monorail and be in Magic Kingdom within 15 minutes. Um, so yeah, it, the bus the bus system can be quite frustrating. So um, that is a huge plus about the value resorts. If you stay at Pop Century, you're not gonna have any trouble. 
you're gonna have tons of buses picking you up at the end of the night tons of buses lined up ready to go at all the parks in downtown disney and everywhere you want to go if you're staying at one of these value resorts that's good to know if i stay at a value resort i will definitely uh try the bus system again to see how well it works um but that frustration led me to look into alternate alternative solutions right that aren't maybe uh you know, the monorail or the boat, because, you know, maybe I want to go to Animal Kingdom or something. And well, with Animal Kingdom, we rent, we had a rented car, so we drove, but say I don't have a rented car and I don't want to wait for the bus or it's taking an hour to get from, you know, waiting for a bus at Beach Club. You know, we started looking into maybe using Uber or Lyft. And I think a lot of people have been doing that, which, you know, led Disney to start the Disney minivans, which I'm excited to try the next time we're there. Well, yeah, they, they were there when you were there, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they had started uh, like a week after I was there. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. So they've they've officially all been rolled out at, at the time of this recording to all of the um, deluxe resorts, not deluxe DVCs in particular. So I don't believe they're at Saratoga or Old Key West at the moment, but I do know they're they're at Wilderness Lodge, Bay Lake Tower, all the monorail resorts, Yacht Beach, and Boardwalk at the moment. And the way it works is. You go to Bell Services, you have the Lyft app, and they enter an access code basically to activate your ability to hail a minivan within the Lyft app. So you're using the Lyft app, you might see a standard Lyft vehicle available, and then you uh, keep scrolling through the vehicles available, and minivans is one of them. And it's appealing for a couple of reasons. One, the main reason would be Magic Kingdom. Uh, the minivans are the only rideshare service that is allowed to drop you off in the bus lane in the front of Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And then also multiple car seats. If you have a family, um, the minivans are going to have two car seats available in there, which is really handy. It's super handy. And I, 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 I think it was a great decision for them to partner with Lyft and get this, this service going because I, I, they, they need help with their, with their ground transportation. They really do. And the fact that they've rolled it out to the deluxe resorts, I don't think that's an accident. <laughs> yeah, They're exactly. like, we know we are not very good at buses at deluxes, so we're going to do this because we can get more money out of you guys. <laughs> exactly. Which, you know, they are looking at, at other transportation options. Uh, you know, maybe not with the deluxe resorts, but, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about that they're working on now is the Skyliner, right? I mean, that's everyone's talking oh, about the Skyliner. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. You know, and it, like the monorail, I think that'll be one of the modes of transportation that my family and I will get on just to get on. We don't even care, you know, if, we, if it's if it's to one of our resorts. We just want to get on it to ride it because it'll be fun. That's going to be a huge draw to all the resorts that are served by the Skyliner. Yeah. Um, people are going to want to stay at those places just because I can get on the Skyliner here. Yeah, exactly. But it, 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 it's nice to see them looking at alternative, alternative solutions. And it'll be interesting to see once they get the Skyliner running, if they, you know, choose to expand it to more locations once they kind of have the initial build done and, 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 you know, running. I'm sure it'll have some growing pains there in the beginning, like everything does. Uh, I'm curious to see how that all works. But I'm just so excited that any, any new form of transportation is coming to Walt Disney World. Yeah. And uh, I think it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be exciting. And having another option, I mean, because transportation is one of the biggest frustrations of all the guests. 
the fact that when you make a dining reservation, it says to allow 60 to 90 minutes to get to your destination. I'm like, good night. That's so much time. Like, why does it have to be that long? <laughs> oh, it's nuts. You know? Especially, you know, coming from Disneyland uh, traveling, it's nuts. Because Disneyland, you just walk over there and, you know, aside from the security lines, you're pretty much in the park and you're ready to go. So, you, you know, you get to the park 30 minutes before your reservation, you're good to go. Uh, Disney World, much different. Plus, you know, especially when you have kids, you know, in the morning, you get up, kids are cranky because they may have not had breakfast yet. In the evening, kids are cranky because they're super tired. And those are the times that you don't want your transportation to fail. And if you got to sit somewhere for 60, 70 minutes waiting for a bus, uh, that is tough. I know, man. I mean, that's why we do end up uh, renting a car or we love having a vehicle there for that reason. Because we can be on the move at all times. You know yep. what I mean? <laughs> I do. And I, and I think that's a great, you know, one of my other favorite transportation options, just have a car that I, I can drive on site, whether it's something I drove down in or a rented car, just something. So, you know, if I choose, I don't want to wait for this and I, I'd rather just go drive so I can control my own destiny, if you will. Um, it's a great option to have. Yeah. Um, driving to Magic Kingdom is a pain, straight up. Um, because of the multiple forms of transportation to get into that park. That is, no, I'm not a fan. That That's one of the things I love about staying on property is having the ability to be dropped off at the front gate of Magic Kingdom somehow, whether bus, monorail, boat, whatever. Sure. Because when you're staying off site and you have to park in the transportation ticket center, then you got to hit a tram because it's way too far up front to, to not take the tram. And then you go through security, and then you have to pick another form of transportation, boat or monorail, to get into the park itself. So, I mean, you're wasting a lot of time with transportation there. So that's a big uh, plus with staying on property is the amount of time you save to get into that stinking park. <laughs> that's a good point. It's a real good point. But the other parks, like we we drove to, to like the other parks, though, well, I can't say about uh, Hollywood Studios, but we drove to Animal Kingdom, and that was a great decision instead of waiting for the bus. Um, and then obviously Epcot. I don't know. If you're not staying near Epcot, what are your options? Um, I mean, bus into Epcot, um, monorail if you're like – uh, that's a big plus of staying at the poly is because yeah. you can walk to the transportation and ticket center if you're staying at the poly and then hit the Epcot monorail there or you can hit the express monorail to Magic Kingdom if you wanted to or you can get on the Polynesian monorail to go into Magic Kingdom from there so there the poly's like uh, it's like the mecca it's like <laughs> it's like a hub <laughs> it uh, is it's like, like a, a transportation hub. hub to a couple of the major theme parks so um uh, that's a that's a really good location to stay just because of the location. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, any of the boardwalk resorts, you can walk or ferry into Epcot, or um, the bus system's not bad. If especially if you're staying at a at a value resort or even a moderate resort, it seems like the buses are not that bad. We really love driving to Epcot. I like to drive to all three major theme parks minus Magic Kingdom. <laughs> gotcha. Um. I, I don't like driving there because of the multiple forms of transportation. The parking lots are not bad at, at Epcot, at Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom. You could you could walk without taking a tram to the front. They're not that large of parking lots. But you know, at the end of the day, sometimes you want to take the tram anyway. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah, we like to park there and like you said, control my own destiny. I can I can control when I show up there. 
and I know exactly how long it's going to take for me to walk up to the front gate after parking. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing that's annoying, resort to resort. That's the transportation that's tough. That's another wow. thing where the minivans come in to play and Uber and Lyft, other rideshare services, mirrors, taxis, whatever. Um, because Walt Disney World does not want you to travel resort to resort, to resort within their internal system. Um, they don't have that in place. Interesting. So, I've never even tried that, except for mm-hmm. obviously the monorail and the resorts on the monorail. Do, but other than that, I've never tried to go to resort to resort. Well, uh, it, this is a problem like uh, when it comes to dining reservations, especially mm. for breakfast. Like, say you're staying at the beach club and you're going to go eat breakfast at Chef Mickey's at 7 a.m. Sure. That's a problem. Uh, because, you know, say Magic Kingdom's not open yet. They're not running buses to Magic Kingdom so that you can walk over there from there. Um, so you're stuck with a rideshare service, a taxi service, something like that. Or late at night, same thing. Say you have, um, say you're staying at Pop Century, but you have a 10 p.m. dinner reservation at Ohana and Magic Kingdom's already closed. You know, they closed at 8 o'clock that night for something. I don't know. Um, that's a that's a it's an issue. You know how do we get there? <laughs> um, because there is no bus there's no bus service uh, among the resorts. So that's where definitely those rideshare services can really help out and save a ton of time. And it's like just you know take my money. I don't want to deal with hopping around <laughs> <laughs> because it's such a pain. Sure. Yeah, that's it's good to familiarize yourself with those apps before you go. To Walt Disney World, like if you've never used any sort of rideshare app before, it's good to play with it. You know, go on a ride in your hometown, do something like that, because it's really handy. There, there's like almost always one situation where you're like, ah, oh, I wish I could just hail an Uber right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree completely. It's, I, it's one of the things that we didn't do. We didn't like set up an, app, you know, I don't use Uber at home and or Lyft, and we didn't set up any any accounts or anything. So we're sitting there at the bus stop trying to set set all this up. And I'm thinking, gosh, if I would have done this at home, it would have been so much easier. <laughs> I know. And, and your first ride is free. So uh, if you're just playing with it at home, you're good. Yeah. I mean, that was free. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, they're, they're improving the minivan service. It's going to continue to expand, I think, because it's so popular right now. I mean, I saw them everywhere when we were down there. Uh, I mean, in every park, driving to every resort, they're dropping people off everywhere. And uh, I was like, well, you know, this is this is a success so far. So uh, I think they're going to continue to roll it out to more places. Great. I hope so. Definitely. Um, and then, of course, we got to talk about Disneyland. What's our transportation there? <laughs> well, <laughs> there isn't a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> typically, it's my feet. Um, I know. Exactly. That's why it's funny. Like, yeah. I mean, how do we like to get around the parks at Disneyland? You just walk there. You just go there. Pretty much. I mean, at Disneyland, as, as most everyone knows, most of the hotels and resorts are within walking distance of the park. And if they're not, the resorts typically have or they're not even resorts, the hotels typically have shuttles that'll take you back and forth, um, which makes it easy. And so, yeah, I mean, at Disneyland, it's pretty straightforward. You know, you walk. (laughs) It's amazing. You can hop on art. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a local, it's a local park. I mean, think of any of your local amusement parks. It probably has a big parking lot and it's got a tram and you take the tram and you're there. I mean, that's how it works. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> uh, um, they have, just with Disneyland Park, they have multiple parking uh, lots, multiple parking areas. So 
Uh, instead of taking a tram from from one lot, you might take a bus from another lot. So, yeah. uh, and then you've got the Anaheim Resort Transit, the ART that runs up and down Harbor. If you were to want to um, take that, if you're at one of the hotels that is served by that. But yeah, like you said, your feet. That's your that's your main source of transportation there. That's it. Pretty straightforward. It's, there is a monorail. Um, I highly suggest getting on the monorail and doing a loop. It's always fun. Um, like uh, there are so many things that I love about both resorts, about Disneyland and Walt Disney World. And when I'm at one, I I have there's things that I miss about the other, and vice versa. I agree. So like when I was at Walt Disney World, I'm going, oh, I don't want to be transported. I don't want to take an hour and a half to get somewhere. I just want to walk there. <laughs> like why can't it be like Disneyland? And then of course when I'm at Disneyland, I'm like, where's Spaceship Earth? This is so dumb. Where's Epcot? You know. <laughs> Where are the boats? I want to get on a boat. Just chill. I want to get on a boat. Somebody take me on a boat somewhere. Yeah. You know, there's and I mean, I there's so many things I love about both, and then I miss it about both. But um, I absolutely adore the ease of transportation at Disneyland and how much you can do in a short period of time because it's just so condensed and so much easier <laughs> it really is it's nice it's a nice experience a nice change nice change of pace but you know you don't get all the fancy parks and resorts to go look at either so it's you know it's a trade-off uh yeah and I, I love the part that i love about walt disney world um is you know it's also its downfall of the fact that it's its own city i mean you're you're in the magic 100 percent as soon as you step foot on property so even all those forms of transportation are, are magical as well. They are. So, uh, it, I mean, it's it forces you to slow down a little bit, which is kind of nice. Um, uh, you, you have those breaks in the middle of the day. You know it's going to take you an hour to get somewhere else. So you're like, just, you know, chill out. Let's chill out for this hour. <laughs> just, just plan for it. And you'll be okay. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks very much for joining us on this episode of Mouse Geek Radio. You can connect with us by visiting mousegeekradio.com or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Mouse Geek Radio. Also, if you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to click that subscribe button to be notified when we post a new show. And if you'd leave us a review and rating on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to contact either of us personally, you can find Scott on Twitter at stbarrett, and you can find me on Twitter at Mallory O'Brien. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.